Organize yourselves. Prepare every needful thing. And establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, a house of God. In a very real sense, we are builders of eternal houses. Welcome to Creator Homemaking. This podcast is dedicated to helping women create Christ-centered homes and lives. We hope you'll join us on this journey. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Creator's Homemaking. Today, we're going to talk about personal revelation and hearing Him. And today, we wanted to try and do things a little differently Um, to share more of our own experiences and thoughts. So bear with us. It might be a little interesting for us today. But um, Kirsten, when we decided to talk about this today, you asked the question, why don't we always listen and do what we're given? And um, for me, a lot of times it's because I think, oh, that's just the thought. Like, I don't need to do that. And I think um, that's not the right <laughs> attitude. Um, I don't remember who told the story, but basically that, you know, never suppress a generous thought or a good thought. Um, so what are, why do you think we sometimes don't listen to those promptings we're given? Uh, I think the number one is probably similar to what you said. Is that really just me or is it really a prompting? You know, and I think that goes to, you know, nothing good is going to be wrong, but why do we still do it? I know for me, lots of times I'll get, I guess, a little prompting and I'm in the middle of doing something (laughs) like dishes, ironing, um, changing the laundry, you know, something and I'll think, okay, as soon as I'm done, I'll do it. Oh, I, I'll just do it when I get this finished, you know. Oh, I'll do that, you know, send a little text to that person, you know. And then it just never happens because I usually forget. And I don't know why because it's not hard. <laughs> to, you know, if you're doing dishes, dry your hands and take 30 seconds to send a text of, hey, just thinking of you or, you know. <laughs> Or whatever it is, but for whatever reason, it seems to be hard for me. (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, they don't always come at convenient times, but I think that's why they're important. Um, I know we've talked about this before, about how um, when you have the companionship of the Holy Ghost with you all the time, you sometimes don't really recognize it until you don't have it with you for whatever reason. And so I think for me, I go through life and then I look back and it was like, wow, he really was there through all of that. And all those little thoughts I had or ideas or how to handle this situation were definitely not my own thoughts, but definitely came from the spirit prompting me. Yeah. I, I agree. I um, remember a talk and I'm not going to tell you who it was because 
I will tell you the wrong person. <laughs> no, I didn't even think until just now. Um, who talked about every day just saying a prayer in the morning of what, what, what's one thing I need to do today? And she talked about, you know, maybe it's visiting somebody. Maybe it's, you know, sitting down and reading a book to your child. Maybe it's taking a nap. You know, there could be thousands of, you know, what's the one thing I need to really do today? And, um, I kind of took that challenge for a little bit and it's amazing. Just that little guidance that can come. And so much of it, you don't realize is coming until, like you said, you look back and I've tried to put that in play other times (laughs) since then. And some days I'm really good about it and other days I'm really bad about it, but there was probably, I don't know, maybe a year ago or so that I just would always have these little promptings. Maybe it was a little bit longer than that, that I should just send a text really quick or, you know, just do this. And I just kept putting it off and I just wouldn't do it. And I remember saying my prayers and saying, Oh, what's, you know, help me. I thought I need to sit down and focus on that. What's the one thing. And I thought, well, why would he give me that when I'm not listening to all these other times that he's telling, um, so why don't I focus on what he's already giving me instead of trying to add I, I, whatever else to it. So I think we just second guess ourselves or we seem to try to want to make things harder than they really are. Yeah, I agree. And one thing I've also learned is if you're going to pray for those things, then you need to be ready and willing to do yeah. whatever it is you're given. Even if it's like, why would I do that? But... Yeah, um, I don't remember who it was. It's been quite a while ago, a conference talk where they talked about, you know, pray to know of like one thing in your life that you need to change. Mm, Yeah. And so I did. And it was to not look at my cell phone until after my kids had gone to school. And so I did that pretty good for one school year and have not been about it since. And honestly, I don't really know why I never really saw a big difference, but maybe my kids did and didn't say anything. But um, yeah, that was kind of because I had all these thoughts in my head. Oh, I could do this or this. But that was the one that came and it was like, well, that, I never would have thought of that on my own. But uh yeah, I did it, and hopefully somewhere it helped something. I don't know. <laughs> and I do think so. there are those times where we do something and we never know why or why not. Um, I have one experience I wanted to share. When we were first married, um, I decided to come home one weekend because my husband had to work. And so I was like, well, I'll go visit mom and dad. But like all the day before I was leaving, I just kind of felt like I shouldn't. But I just brushed that feeling aside because I'm like, it's not that far away. I can go, you know, it'll be fine. Yeah. And so I was left and I don't know, maybe an hour into my drive home, it started raining really hard. So hard that I couldn't really see the road in front of me very well. And I hit a really big pothole. And I didn't really think anything of it. And then about half an hour later, I got a flat tire. 
because <laughs> I had bent my rim when I hit this pothole. Oh. And I'd never changed a flat tire before or knew how. And so I was sitting there on the side of the road and I got out the owner's manual and I was trying to read the instructions, trying to figure it out. And I was, <laughs> my cell phone didn't have any service where I was at. I really wasn't that far away from mom and dad's house, but far enough that I didn't want to walk it in the rain for sure. <laughs> and um, anyway, and so I'm sitting there like, why did I not listen to that? <laughs> and then I was like, I'm sorry, but please help me. I don't know what to do. And the car going the other direction saw me and turned around and came to help. And it just made me think, you know, even though I was dumb and didn't listen to that thought, that feeling I'd had all day, Heavenly Father still blessed me, got me the help I needed. And I was able to make it to mom and dad's. But since then, I have really tried when I felt that, no, don't go or don't do this to listen to that. And there's been a few times I've been, um, where I live, it's kind of you drive on a highway for a while until you get to the freeway. And there's been times when I've been going to go somewhere and I've gotten almost to that freeway exit and been like, no, stop, turn around. And I haven't known why, but I've listened. And um, anyway, I just, whenever I think I'm going to ignore that voice, I think about that experience. And it's like, okay, <laughs> no, I'm going to listen, even if I don't understand why, or even if I'm going to disappoint somebody because I'm not coming to whatever it is. Um, anyway. That was just one experience I thought of that I'd had that I thought showed how merciful the Lord is to us when we're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> he's, still, he's still there to help us. Yeah. This summer when we were all together and at mom's, um, this topic kind of came up and that's where we um, kind of decided maybe this is something we should talk about. And we about how you know, we get those promptings and we don't follow through with them. Yeah. We're still given them or given another chance. And that just sometimes blows my mind of, you know, how much he just really loves us to keep prompting, you know, to keep letting us have that, you know, that ability or that, you know, that time to try. Okay. Maybe this time they'll, you know, they'll listen. And, um, you know, I think, oh, you know what? Most of those little promptings are probably not the end of the world. <laughs> Most people, if I haven't done them. But um, I know how I feel when um, I get a little note in the mail that's unexpected or a little text from somebody it just kind of makes your day. I had, um, I at one point taught the gospel doctrine class and, um, I, <laughs> the teacher previous to me was, uh, had just been released from the stake presidency as a counselor. <laughs> I was feeling very inadequate to have to follow. But, <laughs> and, um, but I really learned to enjoy it and love it. But sometimes you just, I think with anything, you just wonder, <laughs> does it even, 
didn't even make sense. It really, you know. And um, I just remember one day getting a little card in the mail from a sister in our ward that just said, I loved your lesson. Thank you so much. And I don't know that I had necessarily a bad Sunday or even thought anything about it. But the day that that came in the mail was like the day that I truly needed it. Just know that somebody thought enough, you know, about me to send something. And um, since then, I've tried to be better <laughs> about about following those promptings that come because I would have been okay. You know, I wasn't in the depths of despair or, you know, like and Green Gables would have said or anything like that. <laughs> One of those days that we all have, and it just was that little bright spot in it. And I think that lots of times that's what our promptings are is to just be or bring that little bright spot in you know, to somebody, I know there's lots of stories that we probably could all share of, you know, these big, huge, grand, you know, things. Um, but more often than not, they're just little. I, I do want to share one quote that kind of goes along with that. It's in the gospel topics and the gospel app. And it says, quiet spiritual promptings may not seem as spectacular as visions or angelic visitations but they are just as powerful and life-changing. And I just think that's so true. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wrote down this thought. I, I think the Lord is constantly speaking to us, and most of the time we don't really realize it. Um, and we don't realize how our actions or words can affect somebody else and we might never know or we might find out years later that something you did or said had an, an impact on someone. Um, I've thought of the scripture, be still and know that I am God. And I know we both have a sign in our house that says, it just says, be still and know. Um, but we were talking about that scripture in our family a couple weeks ago and what does that mean to be still <clears throat> and we talked about how you have to um, make time in your day to just be quiet and still and listen um, in um, presence hear him talk from 2020 he says, it has never been more imperative to know how the Spirit speaks to you than right now. And in that talk, he talked about, um, you know, making time to be quiet and making time to go to the temple. And it made me think, why is going to the temple so important? And I think part of that is because it gives us a chance to be quiet and to get away from the busyness of everyday life to focus on our spiritual lives and what our spirit needs. Anyway, so I just really liked that. Be still and know that I am God and that we have to take the time to be still in this world of craziness. <laughs> it's so easy to be distracted. And so we really have to make an effort. Yeah. 
yeah i agree and i think we um that time doesn't have to be huge you know it can just be a couple minutes here or there where you just take a deep breath and maybe ponder something you've read or or not um or it can be where you are consciously take you know setting aside a certain time to do that but i think it just kind of comes i think another thing i've really been thinking a lot about is i think we're really hard on ourselves fact, <laughs> i know we are <laughs> and, um the church so much of those things just come naturally without us thinking that we're doing anything special that we're constantly waiting to hear something special to be done <laughs> you know and I was thinking of this Sunday we kind of talked about this a little bit in Release Society we just did Sister Craven's talk from last conference what mattereth most and there's an experience and I think I've shared it with you um, before, but it was a long time ago when my son that's on a mission was probably, I don't know, six or seven. And my husband was working lots of long, crazy hours. And my kids, you know, would, would go days without seeing him because he was up before they were and home after they were in bed. And, and, my both my poor sons are stuck between a bunch of girls and there's lots of years between them so sometimes they don't get that boy outlet that they, they need <laughs> <laughs> and um I was in the primary presidency at the time as a counselor and one of the other counselors she was newly married um needed something and you know, it was kind of that busy, like between dinner and, and bedtime. And, you know, my first thought was like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get all these little kids, you know, and I was just like, no, she needs to come over. That's when she has the time and it's not a big deal. Anyway, so she came over and her husband came with her and um, he just sat and chased my little guy all over the place and wrestled with him. And just, you know, sometimes that still just that thought just brings, you know, kind of tears to my eyes. Of he needed that relief. He wasn't getting it anywhere else. I'm definitely not running after him and wrestling. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to take care of all these little babies that I have. And, and, you know, it, he could have very easily just stayed home and not come with her or whatever. And whether he was prompted to or not, I don't know. Um, but I think, you know, as we're just going about and doing our daily things, lots of times we're an answer to somebody else's prayers and lots of times ones that aren't even said. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, you never know when something you do is what somebody else needs or wouldn't with vice versa. Um, I remember one time I just felt impressed to send a little letter to someone and it was nothing big. I just, anyway, but several days later, her husband actually <laughs> emailed me and just said, thank you. And I don't remember what else he said, but for whatever reason, something in that email was something I needed to hear then and so it was kind of like huh that worked both ways you know it was 
a blessing to her, but her husband's response was a blessing to me. So it's kind of interesting how that works sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think if we're following and putting our trust in Heavenly Father, he puts the people in our paths that we can help, but that can help us as well. Um, without, I mean, we could never orchestrate it anywhere near as successfully as if we just put our faith and our trust and, and heavenly father to have, you know, the people there that, that we need at that particular time. Um, in that talk by president Nelson, he shared a script. And I just wanted to share it. It's First Nephi fourteen fourteen, and it came to pass that I Nephi beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the Church of the Lamb and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth, and they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. And I remember when he shared that, you know, that conference of twenty twenty, COVID had just happened that earthquake in salt lake had just happened you know there was a lot of contention in the world and it made me think you know um there are people covenant people throughout the world that are trying to do good and um the lord has given us power if we're keeping those covenants and doing our promises. I just loved that scripture. And who doesn't want the power of God with them in their lives? I mean, I think we all need that. I know I do. And um, I've looked back through my life at things and it's like, there is no way that I could have done that on my own. And I'm so grateful for that, that gift that we've been given. Yeah. The very first thought that came to my mind when you and I decided we were going to do that, you know, this topic this week was the quote from President Nelson that says, in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. And, you know, that's kind of a promise and also a challenge um, to us to strive, you know, for that and Uh, I know on the Gospel Library app, you can go and listen to the apostles on, you know, how they hear him. And it's made me stop and think a little bit. There's been so many times in my life where I've just known there wasn't, uh, you know, even a doubt that I was supposed to do something or not do something. And there's lots of other times that you just have to trust and, and hope. And then there's other times that you think, oh, was that a prompting or not? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we hear him differently at different times for different things. And I think if we're keeping our covenants and following what we're supposed to do and staying on that covenant path, um, we're not going to be led astray. There was a quote when I taught seminary that said, you know, <laughs> he may let you go down that path. A path, but you're not going to do something really wrong unless you totally ignore all warnings. You know, <laughs> there'll be lots of warnings, and and you know sometimes we have to just try, and maybe it's not 
quite the right thing, but we're going to be kind of course corrected to the right thing. And I think sometimes we don't want to do something because we're scared it might be wrong or we might fail. Or what if that person, you know, doesn't want to hear from me today or you know, whatever. We get all these little insecurities about ourselves. And yeah, you know, all we need to do is try and trust in the Lord and he's not going to, you know, lead us astray if we are trusting in him and following him. Yeah. Um, during 2020, um, I think it was in May. So we've kind of been in quarantine for a couple months and I was feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> and um, I just thought of my ministering sisters and I was like, you know, um, one of them was a widow the other one, her husband works out of town, so he's gone a lot. And, and I just thought, how are they feeling, you know? And um, the thought came to just get a little flower and take it to him. And so I did. And uh, it was kind of, I'm like, why am I doing this? Are they even going to, like, want me to come visit, you know? <laughs> like, ah. But I just was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And um they were, you know, both so grateful for that little flower and um, it made my day too to get outside of my own pity party and go and serve someone else. So, Yeah. When I had my last baby, my um, blood pressure just went super high and um, didn't want to come back down after I had him. And I really didn't want to have to go on medication. And so the doctor put me on a really strict diet of no, of salt, you know, <laughs> limiting the salt <laughs> happens to be in pretty much everything you buy at the store. <laughs> anyway, so I went to baking and making a lot of my own things. And maybe I should go back to that. Um, <laughs> I did really good for a while, but then life happens sometimes. But um, there was a lady in our ward that baked bread and I had, you know, done it a little bit here and there. And I just thought I had this thought come to have her come over and teach me how to bake bread. And so I called her or talked to her on Sunday. I don't remember which. And she's like, oh, I would love to. Let's pick a day. And so we did, and she taught me how to make bread, and hers is still a lot better than mine, especially this last batch that I made that I haven't made for a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> while we were making it, one of the things that she said was that she had been taught by another lady when she was, you know, younger with kids at home, and, and, um, the thought came to her, the, lo the recipe that she has makes three loaves and was, I have been given this gift to know how to make bread that I need to share. And so every time she would make bread, she would give one loaf to somebody. She would just kind of pray about who she could give it to. And I just loved that. And so I um, did that pretty faithfully for the first little bit that I made bread and I haven't made really bread for a while so <laughs> I need, maybe I need to start that back up but 
you know, sometimes I would just make a couple of little mini loaves and give them to, you know, some more than one person. But, you know, nobody ever said, oh, why'd you give me that? That's terrible. <laughs> you know? But, um, but the, just that little act of, of service for me did me so much, I think more good because of the chances I had to visit with the people that I was taking it to that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have stepped out of my comfort zone or out of my house to go and chit chat with whoever, if I hadn't had that in my hand. And I think sometimes we just, we think we have to have something to give or sometimes we just need a call or just to show up with a visit and, you know, just listen. And it's something that um, I've thought a lot about how much we've lost, you know, that how much do we really see or talk to our neighbors? Because we're all inside all the time <laughs> that we don't see them, you know, we might wave in passing, but how often, and we just moved and my neighbors at about 430 are out on their front porch every day. And they're there for about an hour and we've been able to go and visit and get, you know, some advice on different things of where we live and just get to know them because they're outside and my kids are outside and I've really made an effort to be outside more with them. And, you know, I've gotten to know these neighbors more in the last month we've been here than my other neighbors in the seven years we lived before <laughs> to them. Because we're outside visiting and I think, you know, the world would be a better place if we could do that. Yeah, I agree. I was listening to a conference talk this morning from, oh goodness, um, Elder Neely Maxwell and he was talking about, you know, how giving donations to the church, you know, and he's like, and that's a good thing but how much better it is to give of our time and give of ourselves and you know it's really easy to just write a check or now I do tithing and donations online so that's even easier <laughs> but how much more effort and you know does it take to get out of your house and go serve someone or you know get outside as you said so I like that Um, go ahead well, I was just gonna I had one other thought as I was thinking about this is um, you know we've been counseled to learn how the spirit speaks to us but how do we help our children to know how the spirit speaks to them do you have any thoughts on that um, I think that's a hard one because you don't want to tell them exactly what, what to do or exactly how they're feeling. Um, but I think especially the times that we've been able to go to the temple or walk around a temple, um, we've been like, how do you, how are you feeling right now? You know, kind of while we're done or when we're done while we're still on the temple grounds, what did, what did you feel? And, you know, you're, that is the, the spirit you're feeling or, um, when we, you know, 
maybe had a little bit more spiritual family home evening or things like that, that's a lot easier for them to recognize that that's what they're feeling so that then they can kind of start learning that, oh, that is what, what I'm feeling. I know um, I've taken each one of them aside at different times and, and especially when they're really angry and grumpy and hey, you know, where do you think this contention's from? Whose spirit do you think you're feeling? And how do you think we could change to, to know and to feel, um, you know, the, the spirit in your life and, and kind of talked about those differences so they can understand that there is a difference between, you know, feeling the Holy ghost and feeling Satan's power in our lives, which is so real for them. Um, and I think also is letting them have to decide and make some decisions on their own. Okay. You pray about it. I know my oldest son wanted to go to a trade school for high school. And I had talked to a couple of people about it and I wasn't like really thrilled with some of the academic things that were, you know, we're kind of lacking in the school, um, at least according to these people that I had been talking to. And I wasn't really thrilled with him kind of going on that path. Um, and my husband and I had talked about it and we kind of both came to the dis- conclusion that it needed to be his decision. And um, I think that's really hard. <laughs> You're 13, 14 year old have to make you know, kind of that big decision. And so we said, okay, you pray about it. You, you know, think about it and then come back and let us know. And um, he did. And he just said, I really feel like that's where I need to go. And I look back now and I thought, man, that was the best decision that he could have made for him. So my other kids could not have gone to that school and succeeded but he just thrived there and did so well. Um, and it worked so well with him. And I just thought, I'm so glad that I let him make that decision instead of letting some of my clouded judgment <laughs> and my kind of mom emotions <laughs> in the way. Um, and he probably would have done okay, but he wouldn't have excelled like he did there. And it was just a testimony to me that, you know, they're their own person and we have to sometimes give that to them even though moms it's really hard we want to <laughs> <laughs> everything <laughs> yes yeah um so this summer and i've talked about this before but we did a little church history tour and the kids got to do baptisms at the davu temple and then we went to the kirtland temple and my mother-in-law was with us and she just was like when we got to the Kirtland Temple she or when we were back in the car she like turned to the kids and was like did you feel the difference you know not that there was a bad feeling at the Kirtland Temple but there definitely wasn't that spirit that's there in a dedicated you know temple and my kids were like yeah we really did and um, so yeah I think just to point out those differences and you know point out so when I feel the spirit I cry and I (laughs) cry a lot (laughs) (laughs) and uh 
I remember a couple of Christmases ago, I just was like, I cried like the whole month of December. I love Christmas. I love the music. I just, I love Christmas. But my kids were like, mom, why are you so sad all the time? And I'm like, I'm not sad. I'm actually really happy. I'm just feeling the spirit really strongly. And, and so, you know, they all think I'm weird because I cry when I'm happy, but um, <laughs> just to point out, you know, those differences, you know, sometimes when I feel the spirit really strongly and it makes me really happy, I cry. Um, but yeah, just to point those out to them so that they can realize that there's more than one way. You know, I heard somebody talk about how, you know, they always talk about like a burning in your bosom and they're like, I have never felt that, you know? And so for a long time, I thought I wasn't feeling this because I'd never felt this burning in my bosom. And then they, you know, talk about how they have to learn for themselves. But that's not how they feel the spirit and it's different for them. So I think it's important to let our kids know my son was called to be the teacher's quorum president and he's like mom how do I pick counselors and I was like well you you know pray and then you have to you know take time to listen and you know maybe make a list of all the boys in your quorum and the Lord will help you and he was able to make that decision but yeah I think just teaching them and pointing it out when you feel it yeah on um, Facebook this past week, which I'm not on very often, but Sister Craig put this little chart, I guess it was, and it was four ways to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation. I thought, oh, that kind of goes with what we're talking about. And these are all points that we've talked on, but I want to just kind of point them out. And the first one is um, be intentional about creating time and space to hear God's voice. And, you know, we've talked about that, just that being still and knowing. And that's something I kind of talk to my kids about is sometimes you just need to take some time by yourself and, you know, go and and pray or write in your journal and where you can um, be quiet, you know, be away from everybody. And the second one was act without delay, which we've just talked a lot about. <laughs> um, the more you act, the more familiar the voice of the spirit becomes. And I thought that's so true because once we do it, then we're like, oh, yeah, that was the spirit telling me to do something. OK, I can do it again. Um, the third one was get your errand from the Lord. And the fourth one was believe and trust. And I think that's one thing that we really have for me. Sometimes I always say I'm just putting my faith in in Christ and I believe that he's going to to lead me and my family where we need to go and then when things don't work out perfectly I kind of go okay um, I'm trusting you but uh you know <laughs> instead of just kind of going okay this is where you want us to be let's do it and um that's um something I have learned that I have to work on sometimes a little bit more than I ever realized Yeah. Um, well, thanks for joining us today, and we hope that something we've said has helped you out. Um, I wanted to share this quote I heard today, this week. This was by Elder Cook, and I didn't look it up, so I'm not sure exactly where it's at. But um, he was talking to women, and especially to mothers, and he just said, 
if you're doing the best that you can assume everyone else is doing the same. And um, I just love that. You talked about later or earlier how we're hard on ourselves sometimes and sometimes we're hard on others. You know, everybody's trying to do the best they know how to do. So let's just be a little kinder and a little more forgiving to everyone. And um, anyway, I just loved that thought this week and wanted to share that with you. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.